Welcome to the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast, where we go over exactly what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in Houston. We are here with Dr. Ann Shutney. Uh, she lives in the old Brazewood neighborhood, Houston, really, really close to the Med Center. And we're going to be talking all about the old Brazewood neighborhood. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Uh, do you want to do a quick intro or... Sure. Um, like you said, I am uh, Dr. Ann Chutney. I am an OBGYN here in Houston, Texas. I have been here for 15 years um, and in our current home in Old Brazewood for about seven and a half years. So why did you move to Old Brazewood? Well, previously we were in a town home, which was perfect for my husband and I when we first moved to town and it was just the two of us and a dog. Um, and then we had our son and it was still worked fine. But then when I was pregnant with, um, our daughter, it became clear that we needed, um, at least we had a lot of space, but the configuration of it wasn't great for the family because townhomes tend to be, you know, four stories kind of stretched out. And we like the idea of having all the bedrooms on one floor. Um, so we actually found a lot here in Old Brazewood, um, that was available. Um, and so we actually built our house from the ground up, um, which we were able to do. Um, and the nice thing about Old Brazewood, um, as compared to some of the other neighborhoods in the loop is that you can get, um, a pretty big lot, um, for, I mean, for less money than in some of the other neighborhoods. So for example, um, River Oaks is obviously beautiful and there's some you know huge lots and huge homes that are very, very expensive. Um, and then there is West U, which is a great neighborhood, but the lot size tends to be pretty small. Um, and at least at the time when we bought this lot, the um, lot prices were about half of what they were in uh, West U. So in terms of the the price for just the land, um, and they were big lots, right? So you could get um, more home and more yard than in a lot of the other neighborhoods in the loop. Awesome. So are there still a lot of vacant lots around you now, or are they pretty much bought up? Um. There are a few, like right now on my street. Um, so there are two houses that were just recently completed. Um, and then there is one lot actually across the street from me that is, un it's, Under they're just starting, waiting to start building. Um, and there are a couple of other houses that are going up. Um, like many neighborhoods in Houston, um, people don't tend to renovate, but people will buy old lots and then tear down old homes and put up new ones. Um, so um, there's one other house for sale right now with the plan for it to be, you know, they're basically selling it for lot value. Um, but so there's still some. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, what would you say the best thing about the neighborhood is? Um, I love the location super, super convenient for me because I work in the med center um, and um, should probably ride my bike a lot more except for the weather is not very conducive to that. Nope. Um, but that's just Houston. Um, so I love the location. Um, it is 
close to, there's lots of stuff. Like everything that I need for my life really is within a couple of miles, right? The places um, that I would go to exercise, we are about two blocks from the bayou, um, super close to actually NRG Stadium. So when the rodeo's in town, we can actually avoid the ridiculous Uber prices and just walk if we want to. Um, close to Rice Village, there's a center probably about a mile or so away that has tons of kids stuff. So my kids take music lessons there. My son takes jujitsu there. My daughter used to take dance there. Um, there's also like a, a Kumon there. There's tons and tons of stuff for kids to do. There's like fencing. There's um, what other studios are there there? There's a dance, another like modern or ballroom dance studio. So there's tons of stuff to do um, very close by. Any adult classes for that ballroom dancing? There are, actually. I have not taken them, no. but there are. And they teach adults at the music school as well, so. Very cool. Um, so we hit on some of the entertainment options. Um, what about the restaurants? So Houston, period, has great restaurants. And I would say that, um, it's not, I, I, the one thing that, <laughs> like, I know that there's tons of, like, cool, trendy's not even the right word, but, like, you know, there are a lot of cool new restaurants that come up in the Heights, which kind of um, annoys me because I don't like to go, not that I don't like to go to the Heights, but it's, like, 20 minutes away, and I'm like, why do I need to go 20 minutes when there's so much stuff that's so much yeah. closer yeah. to me? Um, but there are great restaurants nearby, um, and it's like downtown isn't far. I would say, you know, anything you can get to probably within 20 minutes or so. Um, and we have a pizza place that we like to go to that's, you know, right up the street. There's, um, a restaurant chain called Common Bond that has like great pastries and breakfast and other thing. It's within walking distance actually from here, one of the locations. So there's definitely plenty of good eating yep. to be had, whether it's more fast food or other stuff. I think when we used to live right on the corner, obviously, um, you know, that. so we lived in Brayswood um, when I first started seeing Susan and then we got married. We brought our kids home to Brayswood, right? So we were, we were in the same boat, right? We had the three-story kind of same thing. Hey, it was plenty of space, uh, but again, the layout, same thing. I think we almost became kind of a, a prisoner of the convenience, you were kind of saying, mm -hmm. right? Cause, because everything is so close and there was there's a lot more going on now where you are than when we were there um they've built up so much there's been so much going on in that in that whole area a lot of better restaurants um so you do tend to want to kind of stay close especially when work is so close that's like the, the biggest driver for sure i remember so uh before the pandemic i worked out outside of home a lot now i have a peloton bike and a peloton tread so i do a lot at home um, but, a, one of my residents once was telling me about some new workout place and he was like, oh, it's great. You would love it. And I was like, where is it? He was like, it's in the Heights. I was like, are you kidding me? Orange theory is five minutes in one direction. My Pilates class is three minutes. I was like, why am I going to go all the way to the Heights when everything that I need is right here? Yeah. Restaurants are worth it. I I'm with you on the whole, you know, I'm not, I'm not traveling any more than I have to for my workout. Right. Just, nope. yeah, I try to pack it in the morning before work. Yeah, that's just me. Yep. Um, obviously, we built our pool, and that was the biggest driver for us is to be able to do that. So 
Um, it's it's finally warmed up enough, so I've been I've been doing that for the past three days, and there's no better thing than what you know six steps off of our back patio. So, yep. Yeah, makes it too easy. Um, you talked about the kids, so you know, on your instructors, any anything that they've kind of stuck with that they've just loved because of the instructor, or is it more kind of an activity based? It's more the activity based for for my kids. Um, they're still kind of you know finding the things that they really love to do. Yeah. Um, my daughter really likes tennis, um, and she's been. Um, taking lessons at Rice. So we are probably about two miles from Rice University. Um, and they have both tennis clinics throughout the year, which are like small group instruction for tennis, as well as she takes some private lessons once a week with one of their, um, one of their coaches. So um, that she's really enjoyed. Is that, is that a recent thing or is that how long has it been going on? Um, she has been doing the clinics now probably for about four years and the private instruction for about two. And then you're, you said your son does jujitsu. How long has he been doing that? He's been doing jujitsu for a year. He is an interesting child. He is um, incredibly physically gifted and completely uninterested in doing any kind of organized sport. Um, so he's been doing jujitsu. He was like, well, let me do that for my sport. We were like, fine, you can do jujitsu for your sport. And there's a, a place, again, very close to here um, that's highly regarded. I like it. it but it's, they teach classes for all levels. So adults can take classes there as well. But it's really a family place. Um, it's run by a couple and you know, like all of their kids work there and work out there. So it's definitely a family feel. Um, and they really focus a lot on character building, um, as well, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and part of the way actually that they advance through their belts is not just the physical skills that they are able to master, but they also have to like fill out forms that show that they've used their manners, that show that they're doing their chores, that show, you know, that they are practicing mental toughness, those types of things. So it's nice. What's the name of that place? It's called Bam Bam Martial Arts. Bam Bam. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, very good. Very good. So if you're, let's say you're after jujitsu or tennis practice, where would you go as a family to eat? Would you guys have a special place that you like to go as a family? We do a lot of takeout, especially since the um, the pandemic. But there's a place right here on the corner called Candelari's, which is a pizza spot. Um, and they also have, it's an Italian spot. So they have pizza, but they also have other dishes as well. They have good, really good salads, really good wings. So we like um, Candelari's. Um, for the kids also really like... Um, Mia's Table, which is a little bit further away, but probably maybe a, a 10 minute drive. It's up like Kirby in Alabama. So not far. Um, and it's super kid friendly. They like that a lot. Um, and my mother loves Pico's, um, uh, the, a Mexican spot, which is not too far. Also not quite walking distance, but close. Gotcha. Very nice. And then what about, what about date night? Do you, do you, do you have to go to the Heights for that? Or do you go back to your old stomping grounds for that? Or... We go just, we, you know, there's so much, so much going on from a culinary perspective in, in Houston that we just try and find something new that we'd like to try. You know, my husband always says that he's not a foodie, but he's an experiencer, right? Um, so it doesn't really matter. Like if it's, 
well-regarded will go. It doesn't really matter what the kind of cuisine is. Um, so we don't have a, a, a singular spot. We like to, to try new things. Um, I recently went for lunch to um, Navy Blue, which is now in Rice Village. It's a, a seafood place that um, the same folks that do, oh no, um, oh, I'm blanking on the name. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, um, very good, you know, higher end seafood, oysters, that type of stuff. So that um, is good and new. Um, I also really like 60 Vines, which is also right here in Rice Village. Rice Village is probably a mile and a half right. down the road from us. Um, and lots of good restaurants there too. Mile and a half. I'm sorry? This is Old Brazewood for sure. Yeah, no, oh, it's right there. It's right there. Um, you know, if, place, again, right? if not for the heat, super easy to walk there, yeah. right? 60 Vines, that's a wine place, right? It's a wine place, really good food, really good flatbreads there. Is that the one where they have them on tap? Or am I thinking... They do. They have like a ridiculous number of wines on tap. Gotcha. No, that's a fun concept, right? Because I think you can get some different tastings there. So, right, you mm -hmm. can a little kind of, again, tasting, little four or five, whatever they are, um, to be able to kind of sample your way through a variety of things. So that's a fun one. Um, your commute. So that was kind of the main thing. Um, you, would you have had a similar commute from the museum district or was that one of the benefits of kind of being where you are now? Um, in terms of the hospital where I work mainly, it's probably about a similar commute. Um, but there are definitely parts of the medical center that are way closer to us um, here where we are than they were before. Um, but it's a super easy commute and it's, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah that's, that was our biggest, uh, let's call it discussion, Susan and I, when, when I wanted to move out to Siena. Because um, yeah. that was just, for your schedules, right? You guys have your calls to be able to... And then they were different, right? Um, seven years ago, you had the 24-hour yeah. calls to where uh -huh. you were really, really exhausted after those calls. Versus now, it's just a simple 12 hours, you know? I mean... Yeah. For the most. Well, I mean, it's a simple 12 hours, but it doesn't mean that you haven't worked all day the day before. Oh, so it doesn't mean you haven't been up for 24 hours sometimes. <laughs> teasing. No, absolutely. Because I see Susan, right? It's like, it's like, babe, you got, you got, you got work tonight, right? Aren't you a seven to seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to do this and I got to do this. And I got to babe, don't you have to rest like normal people? Like we'd have to like, sleep a little bit. Right. And she's like, well, I'll lay down at four. And then, you know, she gets up at, you know, six to then make it there it's just like anyway you all are superhuman um in that call stuff but it's practice just like anything else it's practice yeah i think i think that helped her a lot when the kids were young right i i couldn't i couldn't do it um i i needed that sleep um it was definitely helpful i think particularly since i i nursed both of the kids right and the ability you know as an OBGYN. um it's not unusual to, you know, you might get to lay down for a couple of hours, but then you got to get up, you got to check on your patients, you got to whatever, and then you go back to sleep. And then two hours later, you got to get up, you got it. So that ability to like get up, function, go back to sleep for two hours, get up, function. function. <laughs> right. Well, maybe not so much when you're just, you know, stumbling to the next room to nurse, but still that ability to like, and then be able to fall back asleep because that's a skill too, right? Is to be able to go back to sleep. Absolutely. If, um, what other options, if you weren't in the med center, and obviously there's tons of options there, do you, are there other kind of close complexes or, or medical facilities? 
that somebody might be looking at? Um, just you know, in, in Houston, in, not where in, you are outside so, of yeah. the main. If, if somebody might move center. to Old Brazewood, right? What other options would they potentially have, or or is the Med Center obviously it's big enough to accommodate? But so, in terms of other places that they could go for medical care. No, if they were a doctor. No. So part of the part of the point is okay. that you know there's going to be other doctors looking from whether they're from yes. Ohio, right? And they, they hear awesome right. things. They want a short commute, um, but maybe you know their their other spouse works someplace other. Would that be a good central right. place for them to be? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, my husband works out on the east side of town, um, and his commute is depending on. Um, on the day and the traffic and you know exactly when he's leaving. Um, his commute is maybe 20, 30 minutes. So it's not great, but I think it's mostly Houston traffic more than it is anything else that makes his commute sometimes a little bit longer. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of places that it's easy to get to from where we are. Certainly um, if you're going down to the like further south, right? We are kind of on the Southern end of the city, not far from the loop. Right. So if you were going down, you know, more southern in a more southern direction, it's easy to get there. Um, you know, we're not far from any of the major highways, um, so it's pretty easy to get anywhere. I would say um, from here. Now, if you're going to be you know, like, we have a good friend who works at Exxon out in the woodlands, and he refuses to live south of 59, which I completely, completely understand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so for, so for folks who live way out north, then it might not be ideal, but for otherwise, I think it's pretty easy to get anywhere. Now, is most of that construction cleaned up? Because um, that slowed things down. But now they've widened 288, they've widened 610 there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, most of it is. I think there may be a little bit still going on on, on the south loop, but 288 is great. Yeah. 288 and you know just like many toll roads in houston like nobody uses them so it's always <laughs> easy if you don't mind you know paying the toll yeah. to have a much easier commute oh, for sure for sure um hey dan can i pause for just a second absolutely. my dog is like yelping yep, yelping yep. yelping at the door i'm just gonna let her out real quick okay fine give me her pitiful yelp there's not much difference um, between kids and animals. At, at when, no, there's there's really it's, not. It's, can I, it's either can I go to the bathroom, bark, bark, or it's can I get on iPad? Constantly. My kids are at camp right now for three weeks, which is lovely in and of itself. But they um, like no electronics. They can't take, you know their iPads, no phones, no smart watches. They just completely unplug. I mean, they'll watch movies sometimes sure, while they're yeah. there, right? They'll have movie nights, but no electronics. And it is great. I love it. Oh, good. So what camp is that? It's Camp Olympia um, in Trinity, Texas. It's about hour and a half-ish away near Huntsville, up north. Up north, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's their third year there. They love it. And is that a three-week program always, or can you choose different time frames? They have, for younger kids from six to nine, they have a one-week option. Um, and then they have several two-week options as well. Right. So the first year that my kids went, they went for two years. The second year, my son was like, I want to go for three weeks. And my daughter was like, yeah, I'm good still with two weeks. Right. And then this year, they both went for three weeks. So Good for them. No, that's quite an experience. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, too, is 
seeing my kids develop, you know, being through all the activities and such, is that now with Facebook and these things, they can stay connected. So all these friendships that they're developing are so much easier to to maintain, right? And and really develop yeah. through the years because they can just, you know, hey, you know, uh, Facebook yeah. Messenger and Facebook, not kids, whatever it's called, right? The kids right. Messenger program. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So that's really fun. Um, we kind of hit on a little bit the, the, how much growth have you seen in the area? Um, kind of just get overall market, you know, have you seen prices rise a lot? Um, have you seen space kind of get gobbled up? You had talked about having the houses kind of torn down and rebuilt, but what else yeah. have you seen? Um, I don't know if I would say that spaces are being gobbled up, um, here just because in this neighborhood there are deed restrictions, right? So, um, and you can't do a multi-family or multi-unit dwelling on a lot, right? Um, so it has to be a single family home and there are, you know, they, they want people to have, um, big yards. So there are, um, restrictions on like, you know, the build you, your building line has to be 40 feet back from the front of the lot. Right. So you have a yard. So, you know, it kind of, um, avoids some of those, like, you know, end to end only having, you know, huge houses on tiny lot type of type of things. Um, so there, there are some, some restrictions around what can be built. Um, but I would say that there has been a fair amount of just, you know, again, not renovation, but renewal, right? So folks, you know, taking down some of the houses that are not in great shape um, and and putting up newer newer construction. There have also been a couple of houses in the, in the past couple of years that have been just, you know, kind of renovated and look great. Um, so I would say, I mean, it's a, I think it's a very well-kept neighborhood, you know, overall. Um, and um there's not a ton of movement but there's you know it's enough to keep it fresh and there's definitely lots of young kids uh, young families um in the neighborhood but then you also have you know folks who've lived here for 40 years now um schools you talked about kind of the the young kids so um are they in public school are they in private school what options did you have Yep. So our kids are in public school. Um, interestingly, they are not in our zoned school. Um, they're in a all magnet school. So, you know, as I'm sure, you know, um, but some folks who might not, you know, Houston has a big school choice program so that people can, you know, go to schools kind of throughout the district. Um, and they, there are several schools that are all, um, all lottery, all magnet, right? So there's no zoned component to them, but everyone who's at the school, you know, kind of a lotteried into the school. Um, and there's several of those across the district. Now our zoned elementary school is excellent, excellent, excellent. It's Roberts Elementary, K through five. It's an interna- international baccalaureate school, really, really a terrific school. But actually closer to us than our zoned school, is um, the Rice School, which is also a Houston public school. It is K through eight, and it is a STEM magnet. And so my son, um, we were actually trying to get him into the Mandarin Immersion School, but he didn't get a spot there, but he did get a spot at the Rice School, which is actually closer to us. Um, And then my daughter, you know, they reserve about 25% of uh, the 
incoming kindergarten class for siblings. Oh. And so my daughter pretty easily, awesome. yeah. So that made it nice that, that right, she yeah. was, yeah. So she kind of got priority to get to the same school so that siblings can go to the same school. Um, so yeah, so it's a great school. What I, one of the reasons that I opted to keep my kids at the Rice School as opposed to sending them to Roberts, because some, there was a part of me that was like, Roberts is such a great school. Should I be sending my kids there? Um, but this school does go through eighth grade. Um, and I would say that, you know, in HISD in general, um, some of the schools that struggle the most are the middle schools. And I don't, I think it's less about the schools and more about the time of life. Sure. And that it's just a tough time. And so, you know, my son just finished sixth grade. And, you know, part of the reason I kept them there is because that was one less transition that had to be made for middle school. Um, and I guess I somewhat naively in retrospect thought that that would make it an easier transition. Um, and it was, maybe it was easier, but it was still a hard transition, right? One into less middle variable, school. right? So one less variable, right? Um, so, so yeah, so that's where my kids are. Um, so what middle school and they both would they really have like it to? and i i'm sorry? I'm sorry what middle school would they have gone to uh pershing pershing okay which you know i think i i've heard lots of different stuff about pershing i've heard some people who are like oh my god pershing is a mess and then i've heard people who are like i love pershing it's great i think you know it kind of depends on the kid and the program that they're in yeah. who they're hanging Absolutely. with right all, all of those things Absolutely. um you know. Okay. Well, that's good. That, I think that's neat on the different programs. Um, so why Mandarin? Why, why, why would you have wanted to get in the Mandarin immersion program? Um, because we would have thought it would have been great. So, you know, my kids obviously speak English. They speak a fair amount of Spanish. My mom is from Chile and tragically she doesn't speak to them in Spanish. However, um, our, our nanny only speaks to them in, in Spanish. Oh, so they understand everything um, yeah. and can produce a fair amount. Um, and then I thought it would have been, we thought it would be great for our kids to be trilingual and for, you know, to have a completely different language. And, you know, Chinese seemed like if we could get them in an immersion school yeah. where they could learn Mandarin, great, um, but hasn't panned out. Yeah, we, I, I think it's awesome that your nanny only speaks to them in Spanish. We tried that. We hired, when we had a nanny um, for, uh, what, six years, I guess it was, um, we always hired Spanish-speaking nannies. And I thought it was the same thing, and I wanted them to speak mostly to them in Spanish. Um, that didn't work out. You know? And then, yeah. obviously, her mom speaks Cantonese, and I tried pushing that, too, and that didn't work out. Um, it's hard to get grandparents to, I don't know, understand why, like, yeah, yeah think, but I think, whatever. I, my guess is that it's, it's hard enough trying to deal with kids and, you know, just let's, let's just tell them what we need them to do in a language that they understand so that they can, yeah. that they can do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, I always, I, I tell them all the time. I said, you know, all the time that they spend on the iPad or, or different things, I said, wouldn't it be nice if you could like talk to Popo a little bit, you know, and, and maybe understand a little bit more. So I don't know, maybe, maybe old dad's words will seek in sometime, but <laughs> um, anyway, let's, let's move on to pros and cons. I want to, uh, before we move, I'm going to re-say that, but I really want to hit on that, um, the building aspect. Um, so we've got kind of like a flex third spot, um, third segment or whatever it is. And sometimes we use it, sometimes we don't. But I'd love to talk more about the, the your process of building. 
Um, sure. You talk about your architect, your builder, um, hit on that part for the third spot, because I think that's super interesting, obviously for your area, but for I think for a lot of things. So um, pros and cons will go pretty quick, and then we'll hit into that kind of your experience with building. Sure. And I actually have two experiences that I can talk oh, about. We'll awesome. talk about that when we, when we get there. Great. All right. So let's go on to pros and cons then. What would you say are maybe three or five pros pros for the area? Um, again, I love the proximity to everything that I need, right? Um, so that is one of the biggest pros. Um, I do love that I'm able to send my kids to public school. Um, you know, and not to say that my kids will never go to private school. My son has started thinking about it because one of his best friends has gone to private school for middle school. And so he's kind of, you know, asking about it. And so when it comes to high school, you know, we'll kind of apply broadly. Um, my personal secret wish, desire, hope is that um, both of my kids would go to DeBakey High School because it is on the other side of my neighborhood. So then we could get through all of public school, all of school, public school without ever having to like take a bus. They could just walk or ride their bike to their location. It's an amazing but goal. We'll see. It's a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> right? That would be so fantastic. Um, but, you know, the, again, so the proximity to everything, the fact that I can send them um, to public school, I do like that for the prices that you get here that you do get more land um and that it's you know it it feels like a you know it has more of a, a feel like yeah suburban yeah exactly it's not like you know you're not looking out of your window and you know 10 feet from you seeing the side right. of your your neighbor's house necessarily yeah. right um so those are some of the 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 best things and it's just um you know i love my house in, in large part because we got to build it from the ground up so um that we were able to put this lot here this home here is great yeah i definitely want to get into that um after this one because that's that's fascinating to me i think that's a great option for a lot of people especially with the shortage of of homes for sale right now i think a lot of people mm. should be looking more into that but so we talked yeah. about, so the proximity, obviously, you're close to everything, close to work, close to freeways, uh, restaurants, entertainment, schools, you got a lot, seems like you got a lot of school choice um, and school availability mm -hmm. around where you are. Um, you kind of mentioned something else. Oh, the suburban feel. So it's, you got the city conveniences, but kind of that suburban feel, right? So mm -hmm. those are all, those are all good. Um, I'm just trying to think anything else I would say about a pro. Oh, I, I mean, I. I think you can't leave out just the fact that you, you're close to um, the stadium, right? So you got the, they got the yeah. Texas Stadium. So there's a lot of concerts and events going on up there. The rodeo is always fun. So that's a big convenience. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but we always liked um, when Sue would Sue'd come home, either from call or whatever it is, she'd always hit Papa's Barbecue. I don't know if you guys are, no. are, are barbecue fans, but... Uh, we're not huge barbecue people, but yes, there's good barbecue the, not far. The takeout, the takeout was always very, very convenient. So, um, yeah. Let's talk about the cons. What, what would you hope might be a little bit different? Yeah. Um, what would I hope that would be a little bit different? I mean, we're right on Kirby, so it's a bit of a busy street. So that's, you know, it would be nice to be a little more interior, but that's just, I mean, I don't, that's not a con of the neighborhood. Um, I think. You know, there's one, there's, a, you know, there's some stuff that's walkable. 
Um, I would love it if more stuff was like if you live in you know certain parts of like you know Westview or whatever. It's really easy to we like walk to Rice Village, and we could walk, but again the 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 weather makes that a little bit sure. hard. Um, so, and I think that's just overall a con of Houston, right? Is that it's not very much a walking city, and it would be nice um, to have a walking city. Um, Maybe. And then you know the neighborhood, and I think that this is just it's it's hard to find in terms of like the home and where we want to be anyways, it's not super diverse, right? It's not not diverse, but um, it's not super diverse, right? Okay. Um, and you know, when you are a person of color and you've got kids of color, it would be nice to have more of that. Not that people are not friendly, right? It's not what I'm saying at all, but it's just nice to have more people that look like you around, I think. And for me in particular, you know, raising a black son, it gives me a lot of anxiety sometimes for him to be out and about in the neighborhood. And, you know, since he was, since we moved here a couple of years after, since he was probably like six, we'd let him like just ride his bike down to the park. There's a little park that's like, you know, a block away and it's a great park and he'll go there and he'll hang out and he'll you know like read his book or whatever and i've wanted him to do that since he was little so that people can see him little yeah, yeah. and unthreatening doing that so that as he grows up and they see him riding his bike around the neighborhood he is hopefully less threatening to people who have seen him since he was little yeah. um so yeah no i think do you have a lot of price points in the area um you're kind of talking about the cons, right? So is it is it all kind of upper upper price range? Are there townhomes? Are there? Are there it, it is. It's it's all single family homes. And so I have a, a very good friend um, who lives in San Antonio, recently retired from the military, and her husband works from home. So they were thinking about moving to Houston, and they were like, "Oh, the kids want to live in the same neighborhood as you guys, right?" And so you know, trying to look you know for homes for them. And I would say that most of the things that are coming on the market here um that are not teardowns are a million a million two right so it's not um a super affordable yeah. price point right um we're fortunate right we are two physicians and so um and again we bought a lot and then built but um yeah yeah no that's true um i think that's the the that area is just so popular right and then when you when right they, the way they've zoned it to where they've got the bigger lots, they are really kind of pushing for that more, yeah, open feel versus kind of the high density type of, of yeah. places. So, um, yeah. price points aren't as aren't all across the board. Maybe compare it to uh, museum district. Any other cons that maybe you think? Oh, I wish it was more like this from the museum district perspective. Um. Well, so the the. I think one of the best things about the museum district is the proximity to Herman Park, right? And and being able to go there. It's not that we're far from Herman Park, but you know, it, it, it's not close. It's not as close. It's not definitely walkable, right? From the museum district, you just always would walk to Herman Park, right? We're here. If I'm exercising, I might, you know, and going for a long run, I might run, you know, to Herman Park. But otherwise, if, you know, we're going to do something there, going to the zoo, whatever, we're probably going to drive. Speaking of Herman Park, I guess maybe on the con or on the pro side, 
do you guys get out? I don't know if you're a runner at all, but I remember biking along the Brazewood Bayou. Um, you can get yes. out for long stretches on that. That. Uh, yeah, you can. And it's really nice. Um, and there's stuff that's, you know, definitely easy bike distance. So we have on a couple of occasions, um, biked down, um, towards Meyerland and gone to breakfast, right? Not quite as far as Meyerland, but bike down that way with the kids, right? All four of us and go, you know, and go grab breakfast and then come back. We also love to go down to three brothers bakery to bike down that way, um, and pick up treats. Um, so yeah, the, the bayou is not far and it is great for bike rides when the weather is nice. Yeah. No, that is, that's huge. I always say that's a definite pro, especially if you like to just get out. You know, when I lived in LA, I could get out on the beach, right? I just go for these long stretches and you really don't have that here in Houston. Um, and I think the other con is we are very much of a, especially in that neighborhood, you know, that whole in, inside the loop, it's not much for biking, right? So it's yeah. very car centric. People want to be on their cars. And so um, there's not always sidewalks um, every yep. place, right? So you've, you've got to be, you know, you, quote unquote, you should be on the street if you're on a bike, right? But if you've got kids, you're not going to do that. That's so, right. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that I think that gives us a good sense. I'd like to move on to, to building because I think that's a great yeah. option for people coming to Houston or moving around, um, especially with inventory low. You talked about building from the ground up, buying a lot, and then building from the ground up. Um, can you take us through some of that, that process for you? Sure. So I've actually got two processes to talk about. So um, we built here. I was actually on a run, a long run. We were thinking about where we we're going to move. And then um, I saw this lot um, and it had just a little sign in it for sale by owner. Um, and the house had already been demolished. Um, and so we were able to purchase the lot and then we found a builder and we built basically our dream house. Now, for us, it was pretty easy um, because the same builder, probably about a year before um, we bought the lot, um, I was like driving around, I saw an open house in Westview and I went in and I was like, this is the house. <laughs> and then I, I remember calling my husband and being like, if you have time at lunch, go buy this open house and look at this house. And he was like, how much is it? I was like, don't worry about that. Just go look at the house. And he texted me afterwards. He was like, the house is beautiful. I love it. Good luck affording it. I was like, no. We anyway, so we used that, the builder who did that house. And we were basically like, that house you built on Brompton, make it fit, you know, change up the footprint or whatever you need to do to make it fit on this lot. Um, so, you know. Uh, we used, um, I think they were called in-home builders. It was actually Love It, but it was their custom home branch. And I think that's called in-home, in-town homes or in-home, in-town homes, maybe. Yeah, we'll I'm not sure. To, and to be 100% honest, I I don't know that they still do the custom homes. If Love It um, builders still do custom okay. homes gotcha. um, or, or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was very easy from that respect. I think one of the easiest parts... Um, and I don't think that this is something that can be overlooked is that, you know, my husband and I were very, um, we were in accordance on a lot of things, right? And so there wasn't a lot of stress in terms of making decisions yeah. about, you know, what we wanted to do and what was worth spending extra money on, what was not worth spending extra money on and all that type of stuff. Super important. Um, Super important. Yeah. Now, did that naturally happen for the two of you or 
had you been kind of planning on building for a while or a lot of house shopping that brought you together on those things? Well, we had talked about, like, when we first moved to Houston, we were like, you know, at some point maybe we'll buy, a, we'll find a lot and we can, you know, build on our lot. But um, as I started to, you know, feel like before I was pregnant with my daughter, I started to get the itch of, like, maybe I want, you know, a house with a yard for the dog. And I think it was actually um, uh, uh, Labor Day weekend, and I wanted to take my son, I was going to take my son and my dog to the park, but it was so hot that even walking the three blocks to Herman Park, I was like, I would love to just have a yard (laughs) where we could just go out back and have them run around there. Um, So we started, you know, looking around and we were looking at some places um, and then we found the lot and we were, and then my husband was still kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. And then I got pregnant with my daughter. He was like, I guess we got to move now. Yeah, I guess we really need more space now, or different space now. Um, yeah, two. So that two was a that. Whole and then, thing, right? Once you have two, it, it, it changes everything. It does. It does. So you got so you um, found the lot, right? You, you, hey, this is the place. We love the neighborhood. It's pretty close to where we are now. You found through an open house this kind of this amazing house. Love the features, and then you got your builder. So um, you contacted that builder, and then kind of how. How did those first couple visits go? Did they make it very simple? Was it, you know, here are the plans or was it kind of, hey, do whatever you want? Um, I mean, I think a lot of it was because we had um, something in mind that we really liked that they had done. Um, They just took the architect who had built, you know, who had designed that house and had them come and, you know, design this one. And we had some ideas about like what we wanted our footprint to look like and where we wanted our garage and, you know, those types of things. Um, but they were super open to all of that feedback. Um, so, you know, deciding what we wanted to do was, was pretty simple. Um, I think like a lot of, for any type of home shopping, the most stressful part is always the financing and getting through that. And, you know, you know, the, the bank wanting, you know, since, 2008. I, like I swear to you, when I bought my condo when I went to residency in 2000, yeah. it was something like, "You sure you're a doctor? Prove to me you're a doctor." Okay, here. What? What do you? How much you want to borrow? What do you want? Right? And they're sign here. Right? Like super, super simple. Right? right? Um, but there's a lot of like proving that you have the money. How much do you have in savings? Where did this money? You know, like all of that is was often the most you know stressful part right and you're like do you see our credit scores do you see you we're for like it's okay I prob- we're gonna pay the loan just <laughs> let us have it that's, that's great so they made it really easy that's fantastic i mean you hear a lot of stories. they did they did and we went in and we did our selections and you know they were like because for me um the hardest part is like narrowing it down right um and so it's much easier to be like here are five things pick from one of the five than like oh just go out and find whatever it is that you need um and so they had a like a you know a showroom what they were like okay so this is what's in your contract you can pick from any of these or you can pick from one of these and it's an upgrade right type of thing so that was very um easy um yeah. I think the design center, to your exact point, um, is a huge thing when you're looking at a builder. I think there's some other custom builders out there that have obviously do excellent work, right? They can make the process very, very simple. But when, you know, I've talked to some people where they're like, 
they're asking me where I want my outlets, right? They're like, I don't know where I want my outlets. Like, you know, um, put, right. put the outlets where you normally put the outlets, right? So, um, yeah. and then same thing when you start talking about kind of, you know, features. Well, who knew that there was, you know, 37 different variations of white granite, right? Like, so when I said yes. I want white granite, well, okay, here are, the, here are the seven that we've kind of got available. Here are another... 12 or so that you can pick from, it's a lot better than walking through the, the you know, one of the granite stores um, that we have in Houston. Because we did that through with our, when we designed our pool uh, kind of pavilion. Um, I looked at every piece of white, quote unquote, white granite in the uh, city of Houston to try to narrow it down. Um, it's yeah. very difficult if you don't have that design center. Um, yeah. So they made it very easy. Um, the financing seemed to be the most difficult part of the process. Um, any problems with the city um, on anything like that, or was it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it took us a long time to get permitted. In part was um, so, like I said, the the neighborhood has a forty foot setback from the front building line. Right. Fine, right? That's pretty standard across the neighborhood. It makes it look nice, all that type of stuff. So we are um, on the core, our one side of our house is on Kirby, okay. which is a major thoroughfare. And so from the time that all the other houses in the neighborhood were built to when we were building, there was a change in the zoning or a change in the, whatever you call them, the, the laws yep. that said um, that you had, if you're on a major thoroughfare, then you're set back from the edge has to be, I think it was 25 feet instead of 15 feet, right? So that cuts 10 extra feet into our yard. But we were able to get a- um, Variance. A variance, right? Because, and the builder thankfully, you know, took the lead and really did this and hired the people to do this because, you know, they basically took the aerial photos of the, of the street in the neighborhood and showed that everybody else on Kirby. the on Kirby, right, had a 15 foot setback. Right. And so it would be unusual for us to have to have the 25 right. foot setback yeah. and the whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we were able to get the variance, but it definitely um, pushed us out a little bit. We, there were a couple of trees that we um, took down so that we could do a circular driveway in the front. Um, and then even though they were on our property, the city was like, now you owe us X number of dollars in trees. So like you can either put, and, and they do it by the inches, yeah. right? So how many inches of, of tree you cut yeah. down. And so these were two, you know, biggish trees. So they were like, well, you can either plant, you know, like 11, three inch trees on your lot somewhere. We were like, no, I'm not going to put a forest. Yep. You know, in my front yard, they were like, or, you know, you can, you know, donate the rest of the, you know, buy all the trees and then donate them to the city. So that's what we, you know, ended up doing. But, you know, trees are expensive. So it was not a small amount of money that we had to, to do. But, you know, and the thing is, the problem is that always these are things that you don't learn until after the fact, right? You're like, yeah, oh, they have to cut down the street to do the circular driveway. We want the circular driveway without understanding that that's what was going the consequence, you know, was going to be. Yeah, it's always um, funny how the budget, right? You start out with your budget and then all these things happen. Um, yes. They either eat from your budget or you have to pay more. <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Um, you know, and then we also, because, so our garage is on the back of the house. 
And so they were going, they weren't going to allow us to do that because we're on the major thoroughfare and they didn't want our driveway to come out onto the, you know, they didn't want us backing up onto Kirby, which is completely understandable. And we had no desire to back up onto Kirby. So we had specifically designed, we were like, no, we're going to make the driveway pad long enough sure. so that we pull in and then we can back into the garage. Yep. And so that, you know, they were like, well, it has to be exactly this long or a minute. And we're like, okay, we'll make the yep. <laughs> driveway pad long enough. And, you know, I get it. This stuff is all for safety, but sometimes you're just like, you know, like common sense. We're, we're going to use common sense. Yeah. Well, which not everybody not has. Not everybody has. You're exactly right. You're exactly, especially when, you know, because again, that's another thing that's not always cheap, right? Is additional concrete and it's got to be right. you know, with driveways, certain thickness and all those types of things. Right. So, um, no, that's, I love these stories because we obviously, we build um, as well, right? So we're a builder and we're building up a home. We don't have nearly all of those other things, but it's always fun and i say that sometimes in quotes and other times honestly um working with homeowners right because homeowners have all the different kind of um wants and needs and and sometimes they've got a very very clear vision right sometimes a husband and wife have a very clear vision of what they want um and sometimes you have to play a bit of a marriage counselor going through the design mm. process um so it's great that you guys were able to get um get in line did you have Obviously, you love that other place, but were there other kind of specific needs that you had with regard to that you could point to something else or maybe you wanted a Jack and Jill bathroom for the kids, anything like that? Yeah. So the things that we definitely wanted is we wanted all of our bedrooms upstairs. I know there's, you know, I don't know if it's still the trend, but, you know, for uh, uh, the master down and then the rest of the bedrooms upstairs, but we definitely wanted all of our um, bedrooms upstairs on the second floor. So that was one thing. And then the other thing that was super important was to have a workout space. Um, so they were able to design, we have like a, it's not a, a full third floor because there are height restrictions in the neighborhood as to how tall you can build. And so they had to like make some adjustments to the roof line and all that kind of stuff. But we were able to have a, um, essentially it's a kind of like a loft area on the third floor, not quite, but that's big enough. And that's where we have our exercise space, which is great. So that was the other thing that I really wanted, um, in, and, 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 and so the exercise space. And then on the second floor, we have a, like another living area, right? So we have another large open space at the top of the stairs where we have, um, uh, there's like a, a window seat and we have a couch and there's cabinets and we have the TV there and that is the kids, like that's their space, right? So we've had this tradition with some good friends of ours um, since, so both of their kids are the same age as our kids, two months apart. And so, and we used to be neighbors. And so when we were pregnant with the littles, um, we just started getting together because we would get together most Friday nights and get like sushi and whatever. And then when we were pregnant with the littles, we would get together every Friday night and we would get pizza for the boys and we would just kind of hang out and decompress. And that is something that we have continued now, right? Since, you know, for about 10 years since we were pregnant with the little ones. Um, and so it just, you know, we've changed houses and we alternate houses now, but that is the kids area. They go upstairs, right? And they watch TV, they hang out, they do whatever it is they want to do. And then we have adult time downstairs. Is that kind of so I, I really like that. It open? It's open. Okay. So if you go upstairs, it's just like another living room gotcha. basically, or family room that's there. Um, and then all of the bedrooms are, you know, kind of off of that. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that 
the trend I've seen more is I think they, they want everything open because it just looks nice and better lighting and all that stuff. But then when you get four or five, you know, 15 kids up in an open space up on the upper floor, it tends to be a little loud. So that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't hit those numbers yet. The most I've had was uh, for my son's um, 12th birthday. He had about five classmates over. So, you know, six, seven... Sixth graders was, you know. That's enough. That was enough. It, it was plenty. It was plenty. And then they watched a movie, which was great. So it brought it down a little bit. Yeah. Any other recommendations you would have for somebody building their own house? Yes. And I, I think this is kind of, I don't know if it's specific to Houston, but um, just by way of short, short backstory, um, my, so my mom and stepdad moved down to Houston um, from Maryland when I was pregnant with the second one. So they could come and they could help out. And they were living in Pearland. They had a home there. It was great, wonderful. Um, my stepdad died unexpectedly um, in 2020. And my mom at the time was 75. She does not drive. And so she was, my stepdad always drove. So she was down there, like, you know, 20 minutes away in the suburbs, right? Not really walkable to anything. And I was like, no, no. Um, <laughs> and we'd been thinking for a while about trying to get them in. And so the house next door to us actually was in very bad shape. And for years, my husband and I had talked about, well, if they ever sell, should we buy it, tear it down, put up something that we could rent or whatever. And so then when my stepdad passed, we were like, well, or when he first got sick, we were like, okay, we definitely need to put something there so that they can be there and we can have an eye on them. And then he passed away. We we're like, okay, now we definitely need to do it. So we bought the house, we tore it down, but we before we tore it down, we actually donated the house to Habitat for Humanity. Okay. And so they come through and they do an appraisal of um, the home and what materials they are able to to take from the home. Um, and then they, decon they do a deconstruction, right? And then whatever is left, they demolish. And so you do have to, um, the demolition ends up being a little bit more since they do a deconstruction and then demolition than if they someone just came and demolished the home. Um, but you get a very nice tax break from it. So if there is an existing home on a lot that someone is looking at buying, I think it's certainly worth looking into um, Habitat for Humanity because, you know, the home was in bad shape, but they had, you know, within the past 10 years put in some new windows. So they were able to take the windows and some of the hardwood was in really good condition. Now there were you know, like closets that had black mold in them, okay. <laughs> but there was still a lot that they were able to salvage and like, you know, tons of like copper wiring and HVAC piping and all sorts of stuff that they're able to salvage from homes. Um, so I would say if someone, you know, again, is looking at a lot that has an existing structure on it, that's something to look into, um, because it can help cut down on costs on the back end because you can get a pretty decent tax break from that. That is a fantastic tip. That is really, really good. That's a great, I've, cause I've, I've done a couple of the Habitat Humanity projects and I've shopped at a couple of the Habitat places, um, to be able to get some stuff for our flips or, or whatever it's been, um. Or just, you know, looking for neat, you know, furniture, some yeah. things. But I, I didn't put those two and two together. So that is an absolute fantastic tip. Great tip. Yeah. Um, anything else before we, we let you go? Thank you so much for taking the time. I can't, cannot thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to help out, um, talk about my neighborhood. I mean, I've got two houses here now, right? It's great because now my mom is next door, which is um, great for her and great for the kids. 
Um, they have a, we, we, well, I wanted a pool. My husband didn't really want a pool. And when we first moved here, the kids were still pretty little, so we didn't do a pool. But, you know, I found the loophole and we put the pool in my mom's house. So now it's a pretty small pool, but it's there. And it's great because since it's been hot, the kids like, like at 7.30 every evening, 7, 7.30, they go and they get in the pool with my mom and they all hang out for a little while in the pool. And then my mom makes them milkshakes and this great little tradition that they had during the summer, which I love. Traditions are awesome. I love it. They are. Did you build with the same builder or did you use another builder? No, we used a different builder. We used uh, BAS builders who were um, really great. The owner is just an upstanding individual um, who never, ever tried to upsell, right? Was always very fair and clear on everything. Was just, you know, like, this is what, you know, this is what's going on. These are what your options are. Here's what I recommend. Um, and just really an upstanding guy. So, yeah, um, I to pick from, or was it similar type of thing where you're like, Hey, make it like, yeah, no, it was more like, you know, here are some floor plans that you can pick from. Right. And we had some ideas because what we wanted, um, for my mom's house is we really wanted, um, her to have everything that she needed on one level. Now for the neighborhood, it's still a two story home, but there's extra bedrooms upstairs, right. And an extra space upstairs, but you know, the master bedroom, laundry, um, you know, obviously kitchen, everything that she needs is on the first floor. And there's actually, um, we built a, kind of like a flex space so it can be used. It's got like built-in um, bookshelves, so it can definitely be used in the future by anyone who wants as a study. But we, it's also, um, there's a, a full bath right next to it. So she has a, as using it as a guest bedroom. So when she's got her older friends who come to visit, they don't have to navigate stairs or anything. Um, either um so yeah some floor plans we knew we were like you know these are the things that we want definitely on one floor and so and then there were just some pictures of different facades that they have done um over the years and i picked one that i liked and did he walk you through like so any of the the handicap accessible did you widen doorways or or do any of that type of planning we we didn't do that, but we did put in an elevator and we made things so that you not like, so they are up to the ADA standards, but certainly had those things in mind when we were, when we were building, because the, the, the goal is that my mom will be able to age in place. Right. right? And that, um, at, you know, as she, thankfully she's still in very good shape. Um, but as she continues to age, if there is help that she needs that we're able to bring that in as opposed to having her have to go somewhere. Gotcha. So yeah, the roll in shower and did you guys, yeah correct so she's got yes exactly all of that stuff and we put in the like the the grab bars and the showers on you know both of the showers on the first floor all of those things very good the, the seats in the showers all of those things now did, did that gentleman have um did he have a design center or was he able to kind of direct you to some different places yeah he did not have a design center but there were definitely vendors that he used he was like this is where you're going to go to pick out your plumbing or you know to pick out you know all of that stuff this is where you're going to go to pick out your your tile this this is where you're going to go to pick out your you know your stone your other stone so um so yeah he was uh didn't have a design center but had preferred vendors who had all of our information, knew what our budget was, and so could also say to us, this is what's in your budget, this is what's gonna be a little bit more, and how much, and all that stuff. Excellent. Yeah, so instead of one place, you, you had just to go to a, you know several of them. Correct. Which is, which is nice too. Um, yeah, 
And it was nice, I think, for my mom because it definitely, you know, she's still, you know, it's been now about two and a half years since my stepdad passed. And so she's out of her acute mourning, but still, you know, very, you know, sad to not have him around. And so it was nice to give her something to do and to focus on, right? And to think about, you know, like a project yeah. that she could work on. It's so a fun process. it was fun. We would go and we would figure it out. And yeah, yeah. that's a fun process. So, well, yeah, that's that's amazing. A lot of people don't build one house uh, in their lifetime, and and you went through two processes. Would you do it again? Um, if I had to. Yeah, but hopefully you won't. Have <laughs> but, um, you know, I think if we move again, you know, when we were moving into this house, I was like, I'm not moving again. I'm like, if I move again, the, the children are moving me because I have to go to a home. <laughs> but you know, if we move again, I would love it to be like, I think it would be like to go into like a high rise or something, right? Or something that was just like, you know, yeah. a little smaller, a little more, just everything in one spot and not have to, yeah. Gotcha. Now, and then would you stay in the Houston area, you think, in the, in your general area or where would? I think so. I mean, unless, right, you know, who knows where life takes us. And, um, you know, I think my biggest concern about Houston going forward is what's going to happen with the climate, right? And and is it going, how livable is Houston going to be in another, you know, 20, 30 years? Sure. Um, if this summer is any indication. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I think it also depends on where my kids are, right? Like if, if my kids remain, you know, Houstonians, um, then I'm more likely to stay also. I think, I think that sums it up for all of us. Um, Houston's a great place. Yeah. I think the you can't handle the heat and humidity. You're probably not going to like it so much. But other than Correct. that, it sounds like you've got a, a great place that's very affordable, uh, very, very convenient for you to live in. So um, I really, again, want to thank you again. I, such incredible information. I think anybody would find it valuable. I definitely learned quite a few things. So um, if you don't have anything else, I just want to thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast. We've had a wonderful time discussing what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in the heart of Texas. If you're considering a move to Houston or within Houston, we're here to guide and assist you. Don't hesitate to reach out with a call or an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. And remember, the charm of Houston lies in its diverse neighborhoods. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll be exploring another vibrant neighborhood in Houston, offering insights into its unique lifestyle and opportunities. Until then, stay safe and keep envisioning your perfect Houston living experience. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you in our next episode. If you're looking to move anywhere in the Houston area, don't forget, we'd love to help you out. Give us a call or shoot us an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com.